podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 150 years of breakthroughs, milestones and triumphs. 150 years of Children's National Hospital. 150 years of generous community support. You can give kids a future where they get freckles instead of chemotherapy and paper cuts instead of surgery. Children's National Hospital. 150 years stronger with your help. Please give today. Visit childrensnational.org slash 150 years. That's childrensnational.org slash 150 years. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Danny's back. Let's hope we see the shake. It's the day trippers. look a whole week and we didn't lose things are on up and back to back wins against Crystal Palace and Ludogorets would certainly lift the flagging spirits of Liverpool fans considerably myself and Phil will be talking to ex-Red Shamrock Rovers legend and FAI coaching chief Mark Kenny a little later on and joining me in the bunker tonight to wallow in international week limbo are the mycophobic Paul Brennan fighting Dave Thomas and fresh from playing with the traffic stunt cyclist Phil Casey Okay, uh, we're delighted to be joined by a special guest in the bunker tonight for an extensive chat on a whole host of things. A world record breaker at schoolboy level as a captain of home farm side, which went unbeaten for six years. A former Red, Shamrock Rovers legend, an FAI employee, and a man who coaches Ireland's up-and-coming coaches, uh, and the manager of the FAI Emerging Talent Team. Mark Kenny, thanks very much for joining us here tonight. Mark, first off, let's start talking about your days as a Red. You spent three seasons there as the Empire was kind of crumbling. Uh, what was it like to be there at the end of the boot, uh, the boot room era and the arrival of Sunas? Uh, nice. Thanks very much for having me today, guys, and thanks for that question to hit me with. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. But uh, no, it was a bit of a, an unfortunate time for myself being there at that time. Uh, I was under Dag Leash for a year, mm-hmm. which I fen- found as a bit of a father figure, going golfing, talking in corridors. Wow. Great time. Mm. And unfortunately, he was gone after nine months I was there. Yeah. Then Sunas came in for the, the, the other two and a half years, and it was just a horrible place to be at the time. Yeah. Training was changed. We used to go to Anfield every day, get on a bus journey out to Melwood to the training ground. That was all gone. We had to meet at the, at the straight to the training ground in Melwood, so there was no banter between players right. on the bus and stuff like that. So it was a bit of a poor time at the 
back then, you know. Yeah, and and, and it was it was really noticeable for you guys at the time. The the atmosphere, the, the, the atmosphere. Well, the the big one for me was I would have been very very and still am very good friends with Ronnie Whelan. Okay, and Ronnie would have shared all them European ex, uh, championship wins, and he would have shared a room with Sunas. Right, and when Sunas was coming back, there wasn't a happier person in the club than Ronnie Whelan. Sure. But unfortunately, he came straight in and stripped him as club captain and yeah. put him straight on the transfer list. Yeah, so yeah. whether he's making a statement or not, he certainly did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just just, just before we move on, take it, because I'm absolutely fascinated, because Kenny Douglas is my hero. Yeah, and mine. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, there's, there's, nobody, there's nobody that compares. Actually, probably my only, my only hero. So what was it like for a young fella going over and, you know, if you, if you were like me, you're looking at this man and you're going, my Jesus, it's Kenny Douglas. He's talking to you. You said he played golf with you. That's yeah, amazing. a few times, to be fair. Uh, I was completely in awe, but yeah. I have to say, sitting down with the man after 10, 15 minutes, you're completely at ease. Right. You feel he makes you homely, yeah. very warm, very welcome, a really good guy. People see him on the TV as a bit of a, a dry personality, but yeah. extremely witty. Yeah. He's a yeah. very good guy, I have to say. Seriously impressive stuff. And Mark, just before I move on, yeah. what was it like like in, in terms of when you were there and then when Sunas comes in, you know, you say there's a change of, of, of sort of roles and, and, and things or structures around the club. Was there a loss maybe in the focus on the youth or was it just, you know, was it parked? You know, because there was always that sort of conveyor belt of talent coming Absolutely. through the club and yes. then all of a sudden it seemed to stop almost until Roy Evans comes back in. So I'm just... What was it like? Obviously, you've gone over from such a such a successful home farm sure. at the time, right? yes. And you were you were the highlights of the schoolboy fraternity at, at that point. So, yeah. what was it like for you? you? You obviously had great expectations going over. Absolutely, like I'm sure, like every player that goes to the UK, you think you're going to make it straight away, which is miles off what what reality is. Mm. Again, you got to realise that there's 20 other guys in your position at your age, and probably the best 19 other players in England mm-hmm. and then you're the, the Irish guy sitting in the corner on your own and it's it's a completely different atmosphere yeah um, nowadays with with Daglish he was very very warmly towards youth we've seen the, the likes of the Fowlers coming through and all, all this carry on and there was always one or two breaking through throughout the years which kind of had your little in the back of your mind if he can make it why can't I make it mm-hmm. But Sunas came in and his first things were to strip, as I said, Ronnie of captaincy, made Mark Wright club captain, and he bought about three or four players within the first couple of months he was there. So you're looking back on it, he's more of a buyer yeah. rather than bringing youth and giving even reserve team players a chance. Uh, in those days, Mark, like in, in that time that you had at the club, and obviously most of it was under Sunas, did you, how, how close did you get, did you think, to, the, to, to, to maybe making a breakthrough there? Not really, not yeah. really. You wouldn't. You you'd think you're a million miles away, right? And possibly I was at that time. Yeah. But uh, I was in a first team squad. Travelled to Luton to play in the old Carling Cup. I don't know what it was called then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, on a, or something. Like yeah, one of yeah. one of something like that. Yeah, yeah. On a tour, and then played Chelsea on the Sunday. But again, not on the bench or nowhere near the. Mm. The real thing, you know. Right, right. And uh, it, you obviously were training though with these guys and with with, with, yeah. the, with the top end players. My my last uh, my last season there, my my last six months there, I would have played twenty five reserve team games okay. in the last year, which is kind of a bit of an achievement in itself. Yeah, the likes of Mike Marsh, uh, McManaman, Fowler, Redknapp, Hutchinson, yeah. and players then coming back off injury, Barnes, Houghton, and Whelan, and you're you're holding your own with them yeah. type of players that had won so much that had been highly thought of and so much and then all of a sudden 
you're out of contract. Yeah, Mike Malman's a hero of Phil's, I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> did, 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 he, did he impress you particularly? At yeah, the he did, he yeah. did. He would have been a year or two above me, yeah. but yeah, he was a, he was a class act. Yeah. For me, the best player was obviously Fowler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he was did. a year or two below me, but he was... He struck you at the time. Yeah, yeah, he was scoring goals for fun, you know, mm. absolutely. How, how then, you talk about, or it didn't quite pan out, so how do you know, or how does that come to an end? How did it come to an end for you? About three months before the end of your contract, uh, this, is, this was going back in the, obviously back then, but uh, three months towards your professional contract, you're either going to sit down and negotiate for mm-hmm. an, ex- an extension, mm. or you're going to be told you're out of contract. And unfortunately for me, he let 13 players go in one year, wow. which is a club Jesus, record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, it was a bit of a it, that's interesting. A bit of a knockback, to be fair. That, that all feeds into the the, the the you know the the idea that people have about him at the club and the massive Correct. changes and ne- not necessarily positive ones. No, you know? no, absolutely. Um, you you went like like uh, uh, like let's ask it all. Like, did did you feel was there a sense of bitterness when you were leaving? Did you feel like, hang on, I'm I'm actually I was worth a go here and I didn't get it. Well, I was a Liverpool fan. First and you foremost, going over. absolutely, one hundred percent. And uh, the good thing about that was I was in awe of the club anyway. Okay. So whether it had over expectations or for myself to to make it or not, I'm not sure. Mm. But again, as I say, I was a fan going over, so the excitement was was kind of in my heart as I was going. Mm. Yeah. So the fulfilment to go and be a professional footballer, the drive was definitely there. Yeah. And only for Liverpool Football Club. Yeah, yeah, and that, does, does does that leave you then? Like, I, I think is it? Am I right in saying you go then from there to Banger in, in the yeah, League? Yeah, I I actually went on loan to uh, a team in Cyprus. Okay, for uh, a month at Powell in Cyprus, which oh, yeah, I, yeah. I really did really well. But again, I was young enough. I was still only, I hadn't even hit twenty yet. So, mm. I was trying to. I did. You feel as if you're a, a bit of a failure being released from a club and coming home. So you try different types of avenues. So. Went to Cyprus, as I said, for a month. I went to a couple of clubs in the UK, Crew and uh, Mansfield, all these type of clubs that are close, mm-hmm. close enough in the Liverpool area. Mm-hmm. But again, unfortunately, things didn't work out. So, so it's the Irish League for you next with Bangers, that right then? It was, yeah. I That's, went straight back up north, yeah. And 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 w- w- at the time, did you like you say that it were Crew and the rest of it didn't work out? Were were there other options for you in England? Or there wasn't you? really options. Okay. I was sort of going on trial yeah. with these clubs for. A week, a couple of weeks of time, but again, they were everything was coming to an end of a season, yeah. so things were fizzling out. And they'd say, "Go home, we'll come back, take you back next year, mm. pay your own fares." And at this at this stage during the summer, I was coming home with no money, yeah. so I had to go straight into a league and start playing again. And do you remember this man with Sean McRovers? I do, yeah. I do, I do. I was a, I was a keen League of Ireland fan at that stage. Yeah, yeah. I was on late teens, early twenties. Yeah. I would have been frequenting the the, the shed end down at Pat's, being a Pat's fan at the oh time. God. <laughs> For your sins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, watch, well, actually, Pat's had a decent team at that stage because Pat's and Cork were, were the ones they that were, were challenging the year. I remember correct. being there. There was there was one match. And it was probably. The 94, 95, 96 season, I can't remember what year, and it was. It went down to the war, and the, the real game was down and was in Richmond Park that mm. year, and it was amazing. There was a, like the place was jammers. There was probably about 7,000 fans. Absolutely, there, right? yeah, yeah. And there was a buzz, it was on the television and all. I remember being in the crowd, and it was the closest I've been to, say, a proper, that type of English crazy atmosphere sure. at a League of Ireland game that I experienced at the time. And it was just brilliant to be yeah. there. Like there was a real buzz about the place. And yeah. I, I was I was playing at the time, obviously, and we we we'd often played uh, down on Pat's ground, and we knew the Pat's players from sure. from being part of the locality and the whole lot. And it was just a great buzz, like do you mm. know what I mean. So mm. 
I do remember Mark coming down. I remember because Pats and Rovers would have plenty of ding dongs over Absolutely, the years. Absolutely, yeah, so, yeah, one or two. All yeah, right. And yeah. <laughs> um, Rovers is pretty much the place where you know you, you felt most comfortable after that. You kind of settled there. You're basically a Rovers legend at this stage. You want to talk to us a little bit about that time? Uh, no problem. I think everybody knows. Again, I've uh, as a child growing up, my brother Harry played for Rovers for twelve years. I was there nine years, so. Right, We've yeah, 20 well, years yeah, yeah. of uh, family <laughs> tradition throughout <laughs> yeah, the club, which dynasty. is a good achievement, yeah. 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 But uh, I was a Rovers fan, yeah. I was a Liverpool fan, and kind of lived the dream. Yeah. I, I consider myself quite lucky, if the truth mm. be known. Yeah, yeah. And what, what stands out to you like, from those days with Rovers? What was the, what was the most enjoyable thing for you? Well, make, I made my debut against Bowles. There was about, right. uh, as you were saying, there was about five or 6,000 at the game, mm. and yeah. actually scored on my debut. And right. from then... Uh, there was no real looking back I was a hero anyway yeah. so yeah, yeah, was yeah, no, yeah. that's a good start yeah it was <laughs> a good start like he, Mark had played in Europe and all, you played in Europe with Rovers I did I would have yeah. played I'd say nearly 10 games in Europe with Rovers over yeah. the years into Toto Cup League Cup you know all these ty- different types of cups which is a good achievement again you played in, against Celtic as well didn't you that was a friendly game. Yeah. Yeah, that was a friendly game, unfortunately. I scored in that also. Yeah, just yeah, to, that was just for the record. Yeah. <laughs> That's important, man. Yeah. Let's, let's get this stuff made yeah, down, you know. Absolutely. Uh, like, do, do, do you, uh, is that who you identify yourself with most? And obviously, not just the time, but, you know, do you, do, you, do you develop an affection for a club, like, you know, through being part of it? Like, is oh, that, you 100%. Know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like a family kind of a yeah. feeling. You know, your heart is in it. I was listening. We were just talking a little bit earlier, talking about Graham Kavanagh. Yeah, absolutely. And he was he was he felt at home when he went as assistant manager to Carlisle. Then obviously he became manager. Mm-hmm. He moved all his family to Carlisle, and a year and three months later he got the sack. Yeah, and he's in no man's land now. Yeah, yeah. which is sad, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's football. And and what stage when you're you know um, putting in regular performances for Rovers, as you say. You know, you're playing regularly. You, you get the, you have the, you have that enjoyment as a player. At what stage? I know you've you've got coaching background in your family, right? Sure. So, what stage do you think, right? Okay, this could be the the route for me. Well, it's in football. There's no real route. You don't know. You could break your leg one week. You could. Yeah. Okay. You yeah, know, yeah. you could drive on. Unfortunately, I was pretty injury free for the the nine years at Rovers. Yeah. and would have played over 250 games for the club. Right. So if you can't feel homely in in that kind of an environment, yet we've seen off five or six managers in them nine years. Yeah. But I, I still felt my heart was at Shamrock Rovers and yeah. there was nothing else for me. And when was it that you thought, okay, right, this it, the coaching could be could be the thing for me? Like did did you did was it late in the career or was it something you were always thinking? It was something that I was always yeah, thinking about yeah. if the truth be known. I I done my uh, UEFA B license still as a player, mm. and that's thanks to Damien Richardson. He encourages players to go and do their coaching badges because if you're a footballer all your life, you should be a footballer or a footballer during your playing career. Mm. You should be a footballer through your, throughout your life. Yeah. And that's what made me go down the route of the coaching side of things. That's an interesting idea. What, 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 what exactly do you mean by that, being a footballer throughout your coaching career? Do you mean think, look, thinking of from a player's perspective? Is, is, that, is that what you mean? Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, I left school when I was 16. Okay. I went to Liverpool for till I was almost 20 years of age. Yeah. I signed for Bangor, who were a professional club. Mm. I was with Rovers for nine years. And throughout them nine years, they were probably professional for five, if not six of those years. Okay. So a good 10 years... From sixteen to twenty six, I done nothing but football. But football. Except, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's 
people say it is a fabulous, fabulous lifestyle. See, so you're going to carry that with you. Yeah. Absolutely. With, with, with regards now to what you're doing at the moment, the, the job as development officer for the FAI, in your opinion, like the standard of coaching um, and the, the, the level of it now, has it improved in your time there? Like, uh, it definitely uh, yeah. has. Yeah, you absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you going with that? Yeah. <laughs> 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 but look, it has, it has. More, more of my job now would be to deal with uh, grassroots coaches. Yeah. So it's parents just being able to put on sessions for kids. Mm-hmm. And what we done years and years ago when I first joined the FEI, which is, it'll be my eighth year at Christmas. So um, it was never really much involved with football, as in the actual football yeah. itself. Yeah. It was all running, quick feet and all that. But everything is done with a football now. That's yeah. all kids want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 is there that genuine movement away? Because people talk about that all the time. We've spoken about it on this show. Yeah. The, the big guys <coughs> are the ones that still make it. You know, you, that's the perception and the, the idea of if you've got a big, strong player, you'll hoof it up to him and you'll make, let, see what he does. Is that really genuinely changing now? Kind of real oh, branch, 100%, yeah? 100%. I think the Barcelona team have, have thrown that out to everybody. Yes, yeah. The Iniesta's, the Messi's, you know, Xavi's. These guys are only five foot three and four. And yeah. it's just a tech. The technical side of things, being able to get it down, pass, small little ones around the corner, stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's overcoming in the game. And what, what about the idea of the players that we're producing? Again, it's something we've spoken about here, um, myself, Phil, as well. The, is it still very much that everybody who tries to make it here has one eye on England, like you would have yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. As a, I, I'm head coach of the uh, emerging talent here in Dublin, yeah. so we would have the best 32 players if not outside of Dublin, definitely within Leinster. And they're all international players. Mm. And again, these are players that are striving to, to make it in the UK. Yeah. But unfortunate statistic that has come out, it's, there's only 98% of players that go to the UK, 98% will come home. Jesus, okay. So that's, that's it's a, it's a huge, yeah. out of 100%, yeah. 98% will come home. And do you find, the, come, sort of coming back to what, what Trev was talking about in terms of the physicality and all, you still find, and you know, Damien, who's on the pod as well, he would have been involved, say, at grassroots yes, level with, with yeah. clubs and stuff. And he says, to his frustration, when he sees the guys that go out for trials, they inevitably seem to be the bigger fellas, the, the fellas who have grown quicker mm. and seem to be more physical and just push lads off the ball. And then when they land in England, half the issue is there's another 15, 16 That's equal size, and the, the technical skills may not have been developed. Absolutely. And it's probably too late then at that stage because they're going away <laughs> at 16, 17, yeah. even 18 at the time. If you look at the current international squad, I think eight out of the 26-man squad that mm. uh, Martin O'Neill had named had all played League of Ireland, yeah. which is, I think, does what we would call in work as late starters, you know. Mm. They're coming through, they're getting experience <coughs> of playing League of Ireland. Do you have to grow up quickly in the UK, which is something that's not really touched on too much. You're, I was only a 16-year-old boy going to, mm. to Liverpool, and you're kind of left on your own. Yeah. You train, you go back to your digs. What do you do? You have no real friends. But you have to grow up a little bit quicker than normal. Mm -hmm. But again, as I said, if they're playing in the under-19 National League that we have here, you're getting as as close as you can to professional clubs in the UK, which is good. It's interesting because that was something that Niall Bourne also mentioned when he was in was that very on the, on the very first part where he said the, the biggest thing he had to overcome when he landed <clears throat> was he went from a home environment with your friends around you in, in the house and it sort of brought on more homesickness than would have been there previously yeah, because you're literally around, around, yeah. absolutely, you yeah. become an island effectively that's correct it's grand when you're in the training environment and the team environment 
it's but just the, after that. Yeah, there's yeah. only X amount of hours that you do in a day, and the rest of the time you're spent then on your own. And inevitably, you do make friends, obviously. With your of team, course, not, yeah, that's but normal. But when you do land, it's that isolation and that feeling of sort of, geez, you know, if I was at home now, I'd be out with the lads or yeah, this or Yeah, that's that. correct. It's a little bit changed now from myself and Niall's time. Mm. We used to train at half 10 to half 12 every day, and you were off every day. Yeah. There was never an afternoon session. Now the likes of uh, players that go to the UK, they go training in the morning at 9 o'clock, they get schooled mm-hmm. 12 till 4, mm-hmm. then they go and train again in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And sure, by that time they might hit the gym, which wasn't in my, my day, unfortunately. Yeah. And then uh, you're just ready for bed for come eight, nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah. And then off you go again. The structure's better. Yeah, numbers. absolutely. 100%. I, I know Phil is of the opinion that, you know, like, you know this idea of England as the Mecca, and it's understandable. Yes. Um, because it's right there on the yeah, doorstep. Yes. And like we talked about homesickness, it's going to be far worse if you're not in a, in a, in a country that speaks your language even. But on, uh, something I, I know Phil is interested in is the idea of what about having an eye past England for these kids that are coming through with the likes of yourself? To look at other leagues, perhaps as a place to develop, like you did yourself when you went off to was it Apple's? Apple, Apple well, yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah, I suppose. And, and, and just the, the thinking on this, uh, my the logic that I have on this is that when you coming back to the idea about the physicality and the whole lot, and yeah. we we brought in yeah. the Dutch guy to, to revolutionise correct, the FAI, correct. right? They look at a more technical, a more sort of passing based that's game. That's definitely correct. A more continental style game, and as you say, we've got a lot of players who aren't physically huge but are very good technical Cor- kids. Yes, right? absolutely. Where they are the norm on the continent. They aren't the ones that are taken to England as such. And that's why I've often said to you, and I've said to you, Trevor, uh, 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 like, uh, outside of, of the pod and the whole lot, is that you know, there is a market as such for the outstanding young talent. You see some, some examples going to Madrid and going to Barcelona. Correct. They're very rare. Yeah. But you just wonder, is, could, could it be more done by, I don't know, the clubs or the scouting networks or whatever that's there to sort of push them maybe Get towards, connections yeah, with, to get with connections. the clubs. It's a difficult one that now you're kind of going into, you know, we're such a small little country. We don't have huge amounts of money. Yeah. Um, just one example was when the French Federation signed with Nike. Mm-hmm. Nike gave them 42 million mm-hmm. just to wear Nike gear. Jesus, yeah. yeah and that's yeah. throughout the, all their international teams. So yeah. it just goes to show you the Federation's money and what they're getting. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're finding it extremely difficult to feel the Aviva Stadium. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, in a comparison like that, it's difficult. If you have loads of money, you'd pump it into grassroots. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we're not in that situation. Mm. But as you say about the Dutch guys, we've had two Dutch guys now. Well, we have one still in place, Rude Doctor, mm-hmm. who's doing fantastic work on grassroots level with small managers under 15s and under 15, right up to under 21 level. Mm-hmm. We, we have vast improvement over the last two years. And the previous two years before that was a guy called Vim Coovermans mm-hmm. who was with the association. Yeah. So we've had this Dutch influence for the last five years and it has improved. I definitely will say it has improved. And you're right, our smaller players, technically good players, seem to be just pushed aside and we have these stronger boys coming through. Mm-hmm. But I think it's turning, it's revolving slowly, mm-hmm. but definitely surely. Just to grill you one more uh, question on that on the whole um, um, topic that we're talking about now, as as the head of or the manager of the emerging talent program, like, do you, are there many lads that you see there at the moment that you think might actually well make make the break into senior football? And you know, just off the top of your head, are you looking at a few real gems that you're excited about? Well, yeah. I suppose, and because people won't have heard the the start, like. What you have done, like you've qualified, sent to us. Correct, Come we've on. qualified for the the elite phase of the European Championships, yeah. which again is an achievement in itself. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I would like to think we're actually at this under seventeen age group at the at the moment, 
these guys be all 16 years of age. And as I said earlier, 95% of them be in the UK with top, top clubs, mm-hmm. the Liverpools, the Everton's. And we've got really, really good talent at this age group coming mm-hmm. through. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Look forward to that. Uh, let's move it on a little bit to, to, to Liverpool, which is a team we all have in common. And with your coaching hat on, Mark, um, the basically all Reds at the moment are chatting about what are we going to do to improve <laughs> not just the defence, also the <laughs> attack uh, with, the, with, the, with the players that we have available. Sure. Now, uh, it's not to put you on the spot, but if... if uh, let's put you on the spot. If we if we get, if we if we, were, if we were to put you in Brendan's shoes at the moment, right? Uh, what would you do to improve the team, especially defensively? Uh, thinking of set pieces and things like that. Um, again, uh, thanks for putting me on the spot. I appreciate You're welcome, that. Man. You, you can take this in two parts. Yeah. <laughs> what would you do with the current players? Yeah. What would you do with the good side. players? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Unfortunately. Uh, through injuries and stuff like that, we've struggled lately. Mm. Uh, we seem to be leaking a lot of goals. I think Mignolet looked the finished article and maybe not so much this year. Mm-hmm. So there's obviously, as been an ex-professional football, there is a dip in form. Can they all dip at the same time, which is not good? Yeah, I'm not sure. But again, a personal friend of mine is Mike Marsh, who's on the first team coaching squad. And he said everybody's firing on all cylinders. Mm. Everything is going exactly what they did last year yeah. to what they do now yeah. and it's just not kicking on. And would you not have said like even last year as we watched uh, we, 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 you know between our, our fingers basically an awful lot yeah. of time we were knocking in goals the far end but, the, but defensively we were still still con- yeah. yeah we were yeah. still conceding yeah. I agree but again it just comes down to performance on the day mm. it's an old cliche I know but if you if you have a lock tight defence and you're scoring goals the far end that's a kind of a a good formula for me. Yeah. Can I, like, really down to the coaching side of it, like, we have players that continually seem to not be able to, or not be aware of what's going on around them. Correct. Right? Like the, and I, I've often criticised Glenn Johnson for sure. this, because he's, yeah. he, he continually turns off in set pieces. Absolutely. Skirtle as well, doesn't seem to be aware of his own defenders around him, does his job, Correct. but never seems to be covering or, or something like that. Yeah. How hard is it to, to coach something that may not come you know, naturally, naturally. Or, or instinctively to a that, player. That's a very difficult question to answer, being honest, because, you know, at the, you're talking about the best league yeah. probably in the world. Uh, uh, senior international players who have played. I'm sure Glenn Johnson has mm. many an English cap over 30, 40 international caps and probably would be down to be one of the best players in England over the last 10 years. And you're talking about school by defending. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very difficult to coach my scenario would be if you have a man don't let him score and do whatever it takes you'll see a lot of dragging and penalties yeah. given I'm sure that's going to turn its corner mm. and give a lot more penalties will will happen but again if you're marking somebody and he scores it's down to your fault and why and then that has to be uh, assessed at the end of the game I think, I think an awful lot of people would, would roll yeah. in behind that yeah no, I do and look, mm. I think it's, it, it, it's a fair point that Marks makes it's just like, it's so frustrating when you see something oh like, it is if, oh. if, you're, if you're managing a team and you're seeing the same player that make the same mistake over absolutely. and over again absolutely. there has to become a point where you say to yourself look I can't deal with this anymore anymore and let's change it yeah I agree and there is a good lot of young <laughs> players there playing yeah. with the under 21s and stuff like that so there's yeah. a couple of good Irish boys there too to yeah. be fair so do you, do you think it's 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 interesting that that uh, Brendan, who has espoused right the way through his his, his tenure as Liverpool match manager and beforehand about you know having faith in youth and putting them in, yes, and then maybe in this time of sort of like where there is you know a, that little gap, yeah, yeah, I agree, and I, I thought he was going to do it 
he uh, the the last European game that mm-hmm. we were beaten in, unfortunately, was uh, who was that against Madrid? Madrid, yeah, yeah. bigger part. Uh, he had an eleven starting team, and it was one of the, the captain of the England under nineteens was playing in what they had the yellow bibs in training yeah. session and had one on. <clears throat> Mm. So I thought he was going to play him at right back, mm. and unfortunately he didn't. What do you think of your man Keo? I'm, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's 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 like he's what you want in, in a defender. He is, yeah. He looks big. He looks strong. He looks aggressive, he's which a, is something that they haven't had in yeah, a long time. Yeah, and I suppose if, when when we were talking about this and we've talked about it loads, it's like when you look at the way we've conceded goals from you know from from set pieces, yeah. from allowing crosses to come into the box and yeah. let things develop. He seems to be the ideal type of player that you'd want in it. It's like if if, if you were to take out what the, the transfer business we've done over the summer, the two fullbacks stand out as as, as our best bits of business. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree totally. Again, it's again the for me again defenders defend. Yeah. It's all nice and lovely watching fellas coming out dribbling with the ball, but first and foremost, a defender must defend. Block the cross. Be aggressive. Yeah, yeah. You know, attack the ball. Yeah. As you say, stop it at the source. Yeah. Block the crosses. Stuff like that. Again, as we go back, this is what we're coaching at under-16, yeah. under-17 international teams. Mm-hmm. And these are top senior international players we're talking about. Yeah, yeah they're, they're the basics for a reason, aren't they? Like, yeah, to, yeah. to move it up, up the pitch a little bit, um, Mark, if you don't mind. And like, sure. We, we all, there's been a lot of talk about the diamond and maybe should should he revert to the diamond. He seems to be stubbornly refusing to do that. Um, <clears throat> what about the idea? Because clearly Daniel Sturridge, God bless him, a wonderful footballer, but he, he yeah. seems fragile. Uh, what about the idea of maybe playing playing Sterling? As a, as a surrogate for him and, and, and sticking with the diamond going yeah. for it and keeping that it seemed to be successful yeah it can be but again as Brendan has his own uh, philosophy mm. and he doesn't want me and you telling him That's what true. way he should That's do true, unfortunately yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I think as you said I think we all can see that that's that was probably the better way to go Yeah, we don't have the big centre forward although Lambert is that type of player but we need somebody better than him I think to get balls down mm-hmm. and bring the link players in and play off. Is that something you talk to coaches about? About having the courage of your convictions, even when everyone's hammering you, like we often would be. <laughs> I think I think ninety nine percent of managers have to stick to their own philosophy. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. they change and go with what chairmen say, what mm. fans say, that's just keeping the peace, and that's only a little stopgap before you get the bullet. In your own experience, how how much does fate intervene in an awful lot of the things you do? Like we would have said, like we, and we were only talking about it last week as well, that you know, <clears throat> Brendan last year, true. Injuries was forced to play Coutinho, say, as a correct field. Yeah, as absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then that's where he seemed to play for the remainder of the season. Yeah. The diamond comes out of injuries as opposed to choice. Yes. When he lost Stevie in, in the first half of the season and he played Lucas and then he played Henderson and Allen. That's to put correct. The around him. How much does that, like, you know, where fate might conspire to put you and find a system that works? And you just naturally fall into back it. Back into it, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, how, how much does that play? It does. It's a, it's a big part, being honest, mm. because, again, it's you're forced into that. You know, that's, that's the cards you're dealt with this week. Mm. Picking up injuries, like, we're looking at the Irish team last night. Yeah. Probably our two best players mm-hmm. in Houlihan and, uh, and McCarthy were missing. Mm. They're the ideal people that you would have needed. Put right. your foot on the ball to go and yeah. win a game like that, and unfortunately, that's what the way Liverpool is at the moment. That is the way Liverpool is. Like, look, <laughs> look, we're, we're after monopolising a lot of your of your precious time, Mark. So we should we should sure. try to wrap it up. Um, I want to wrap it up by asking you a question that's been on my mind here because uh, it involves this lad over here <laughs> who we can see is actually quite quite adept at talking, <laughs> uh, but he's always telling us he was a brilliant keeper. Right? We have to listen to stories. I can't tell you, Mark. It, oh, it, God. it just goes on the stories. He reckons that you he, he when he. Uh, and you used to play, come against each other on, on a football pitch that he you never scored directly on him. Please tell me that's not true. 
It can't be true. <laughs> no way. That's that's very untrue. I will, that's my own thought. I do remember him pulling off a fabulous save one one Sunday morning in the freezing cold. Oh yeah, down in Bangor and. Uh, you knocked in the rebound didn't yeah, you? I think we won that day <laughs> didn't put it like that Mark thanks a minute brilliant pleasure being here thanks fellas thanks, thanks a lot ok uh, Crystal Palace versus Liverpool um, what 11 do we want to see uh, let's start with the defence Dave Sacco a lot of people uh, he's getting a lot of publicity like he's very 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 visible these days um, with his with his uh, benefactors uh, uh, or sorry being a benefactor really um, should he get a game do you think the weekend well he seems to be uh, getting pushed quite heavily with the, both the club and the Echo doing some some big pieces with him uh, you know he's come out and talked about leadership which is which is interesting because it's uh, you know it's an, an adjective that's been used by Rogers to describe Lovren who is his direct competitor for the uh, for the spot so I think that's an interesting dynamic to keep an eye on I think the question over Sacco is going to be is he fit yeah. uh, you know he's come back from you know a pretty long layoff uh, and he hasn't had much game time you know it's probably could be seen as a risk to throw him straight in uh, cold against uh, Palace but then Lovren has been so out of form and you know there's probably an argument that he needs a break from the limelight and you know probably a game on the bench wouldn't be the worst thing to happen to him so I would definitely sit Lovren out but and then you know potentially look at maybe Toure coming in uh, Toure should definitely start and then if Sacco has proved himself in training and looks good, then I think a Sacco Toure partnership, you know, would definitely be worth taking a look at. Well, we we'll we look at the defense in a bigger in the bigger picture in a minute, but just to stick with Sacco for one more minute, Paul. Um, again, you don't see an interview with him where he's not talking up his leadership skills mm-hmm. or his heart or or somebody else is doing it for him. And like to be fair, those of us who like him as a player can see that and, and want to see more of that on the pitch. Uh, are you? Would you be very much in the camp to want to see him start this weekend? Like, wh- why the hell isn't he going to start? Yeah, well, yeah, well, he's my favourite defender at the club, basically. Mm. Well, centre in terms of centre backs, anyway. So, um, yeah, he's, ba- he's basically like a human being, unlike Lovren at the moment. So, <laughs> I, that, that's um, yeah, I, I, I'd throw him in as fitness permitting, even if you could, even if you could get like most of the game out of him, mm. and he had to come off late on. I would, and I agree with Dave bringing Torre in as well. So the Torre Sacco thing for you as well, yeah. Phil? Would you make that three out of three there? Yeah, I said it last week. Yeah. Um, Torre Sacco start for me against Palace. Mm. The rest I'm wrong. You just don't start. <laughs> like the likelihood is, of course, that uh, they won't. The likelihood Who? is that it'll be Martin again. Won't it? Oh, obviously. Like, no! God! <laughs> no! God! Please, no! 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 Phil <laughs> has a new toy. Nah. <laughs> uh, honestly, we like. Okay, one. Just no. If, uh, one. No. Two. I, I keep thinking back to that Palace game last year, and Skirt was fucking horrific. Hmm. And your man was fucking abysmal. And I don't want to see that again. And then, given the form that Lovren has taken in to this, like he, he's even dropped for Croatia at this stage. What about the, what they were saying that Saka no. wasn't too much better really in that game? Yeah, but he's playing alongside Skirtle. Mm. You know what I mean? It, mm. it, the, the problem here is the common denominator remains. Um, Saka looks better when he wasn't alongside Skirtle. 
Um, Love um, looked better when he wasn't alongside Skrull to be fair yeah mm. I, I agree mm. with you um, mm. but again he still has that fatal one error again that he's yeah. been having and, and that's that's you know that's something I think he needs to be taken out of yeah. the of, of it at the moment maybe given some games in the League Cup where he can get a bit of form get a bit of you know back in a bit of confidence in himself back into it um, even you know if if, if uh, well, we've got Ludogratz around the corner. You know, maybe you play him in that one, but they did target Ludogratz. Target him the last game in terms of they know he's going to dive in and they look to play balls down the channel that he was playing. In. Mm. So, <clears throat> but again, no, um, it has to be for me. Sacco is fit. Sacco must start because you can't keep losing games and keep playing the same players who keep making the same mistakes which keep costing us games and then expect that, wouldn't you yeah <laughs> <laughs> really I mean the reality is if Skirtle plays. Balassi is just going to go after him. Mm. I mean, mm. I'm petrified of Balassi running at Skirtle because that's, you know, nailed on <clears> yellow <throat> card, nailed on free kicks, nailed on penalties. You know, it's just Skirtle is not going to be able to deal with a powerful, quick player like Balassi. Whereas Toure, he's actually, I think, quicker than Skirtle, but he's smarter than Skirtle and he's not going to go diving into those types of challenges. Um, <laughs> Jesus' famous last words. Well, well to be fair, Skirtle, uh, Toure. You know, his errors are much more magnified than Skirtle's errors. Mm. You know, we because they have a calamitous nature to it. Mm. They look ridiculous. His mm. reaction is ridiculous. <laughs> but actually, his error, I mean, I, I'm not a statistician, but his all-round game is much stronger. He handles bigger players and more powerful players much better than Skirtle does. Mm. Considering Skirtle is, is an impressive physical specimen, he really bottles those types of challenges. Mm. And I think of all the discussions around the defence... Mm. You know, we've we've talked about it loads on this pod around Martin Skirtle. It's difficult to judge anyone when they're playing next to to Skirtle, you know, and and it's pointless changing Lovren or changing Sack or changing Tory if Skirtle's the constant when he's been at fault for you know the defensive line that we hold. He's been at fault for his inability to man mark, he's been at fault for his inability to deal with runners. And you know, for me changing the person who plays next to Skirtle is like is, is just irrelevant. It's okay, what about either side of him? Um, I think probably everyone in the room here wants to see our two young Spaniards on the flanks. Uh, what do you think is likely out of that, given the two weeks off? And well, I mean, I t- what's interesting about the uh, Glenn Johnson and Lovren is they've both been dropped by their international sides. I mean, Johnson yeah. was dropped from the squad, and if and if. Roy Hodgson isn't picking you. you know? yeah. <laughs> I think that, you know, who. You're either doing something really, really good, good think, or doing yeah. something really, really <laughs> shit. Well, considering Roy Hodgson could probably remember seven names of players, and I would imagine Glenn Johnson being quite an easy one to remember as one of them, he still doesn't pick you for the squad. That's how bad your form has been. Look, if Flanagan's fit, Flanagan starts. If Flanagan's not fit, Manquillo starts. If Manquillo has one leg, Manquillo starts. You know, Unless there is literally no one else who can play right back, then Glenn Johnson doesn't start. He'll probably start because yeah, well, I think Rogers will will start him. You know, and and I I think it, broadly though, you know, you know, the selection against Palace is going to tell us a lot about has the manager taken the opportunity over the last two weeks to have a you know have a real word with himself and yeah. say, okay, actually something's got to give you. This is a massive point, Paul, isn't it, that Dave's raising here. I think an awful lot of people are thinking this and are nervous now the weekend, nervous about the lineup because we're waiting to see has Brendan learned any lessons. Yeah, I was distraught when I saw the lineup against Chelsea. Yeah. When I saw the players yeah. that he brought back in. after Because remember, I was in here after the Madrid match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's dropped them all. 
And then I was getting ready. I was getting ready to go out for the Chelsea match, and I, you know the line that popped up on Twitter, and it just ruined my whole weekend before the match even kicked <laughs> off. I was like, for fuck's sake, like the same people just brought back in. So yeah, like he, he really from here on in, he really has to start kind of making some some proper changes. And then like I think it's. I think it's an indictment on the defence that we're we're saying Colotari has to start because he's in his thirties. He was like you know a kind of short term signing, yeah, just as a, as an like a, to add experience mm. in. And we we've got like like Skirtle's kind of he's he's kind of nearly a veteran at this stage. But we've got young people like Sacco, and we've like Lovren was just signed, and we're thinking like Jesus, Colotari has to start. He, yep. like, he absolutely has to, and it's just an indictment on how bad our defending has been so far this season. But I think it's also about saying something's got to give when the performance is that poor. Something There's got to mm. be a sense of, and I think the reason people got angry at the Chelsea game was the concept of a meritocracy <coughs> seemed to go. You know, there it's was gone, like yeah. this, this concept of if you play poorly, <clears throat> like, you know, I'm telling you now, if Emre Jean had a game as poorly as Glenn Johnson has, Rodgers would drop him for three games. Mm. You know, he, like, and, and he'd, outwardly say he's disappointed because there's certain players that he feels and don't get me wrong I think there's certain decisions we'll come on to talk to that are, that are much more difficult for Rodgers I think the Gerrard thing is a much more difficult decision than the Johnson decision is mm. so for me I want to see him making for me what are low hanging fruit decisions which is Johnson's an easy decision the defense the, you know the central centre backs are easy decisions right now Gerrard's a difficult decision that but if he can't do these ones, he's never going to do Jared. He's mm. never going to come on to that. You know, like going back to last season because you know Colin Wanker's team is the exact same as Tony <laughs> Pulis's, right? And you know they play the same way. He's going to look to just fucking be in us all the time, kicking players out over something. In us, literally, they're going to. I'm in you. They're just going to. It's just going to be a, 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 a fucking. I fucking imagine Kia yeah. Warren saying that now as well. I'm in you. I'm Pulis in the nip, just behind him in the shower. <laughs> there you go. This but, has gone south really quickly. Hasn't it? Apologies for all the nightmares <laughs> in advance. But no, you know, all they're going to do is look to disrupt any type of attempt to get a us for us to get a flow of football going. Although. We, haven't, we aren't exactly in full flow yeah, like we were yeah. at when we played in the last time but you know th- they're going to be agricultural in the way they, they approach the game it's not going to be there's not gonna, they're not going to attempt to play football they're going to look to sit deep and catch us on the break which we're weak to and they're going to look to win free kicks around the edge of the box so what, what do we do we try to limit our exposure to that type of thing and when, when it comes back to it you say you know our, our, you play your best covering fullbacks for a start yeah. which is the two Spanish lads Right, like there's no, there's, there's no question about this. Manquillo and Moreno are the best fullbacks by a fucking country, twenty miles mm. at the club at this moment in time. Right, there's, there, there isn't even a question about it. Right, any other, any other selection there is folly at this stage, given the predicament that we're in. Needing points, yeah, it's that simple now. It, it's that yeah. simple, right? And then you, you look at the centre backs and you say, well, you know what? You going back to Torre's performance. Torre can put in a, a, an eighty percent of the performance he did against Real Madrid in a league match, which he will be up for because he'll probably feel aggrieved that he didn't get to get get the nod against Chelsea, right? He's there with the experience that will talk along the likes of Manquillo, that will settle him in, you know, and, and bring his game on. And the great thing about Manquillo is he'll cover Torre. 
you know, and Torre will cover his position. And that's the one thing that Skirtle doesn't. Skirtle doesn't cover his other defenders. The same, Sacco covers his other centre-back and he also covers his left-back. And, you know, again, going back to the whole thing, you just have defenders that play as defenders, essentially. Because the likelihood is that the same thing's going to happen again if you play the other three. And I don't believe in any way, shape or form that by changing your whole defence around that you're going to get a worse performance than what's been delivered for the last five, six, seven weeks with the fellas that he's been putting in. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I think that just to manage expectations, I think, I think he's not going to drop all three, right? Mm-hmm. He's not. That's, that's the reality. But something's got to give. And it has to be either, for me, it has to be a decision at centre-half. Because I think the Johnson-Mankio thing is a little bit of a alternate until Flanagan becomes fit. We're not really going to know where Johnson fits in his thinking. It's his first choice. I, I but if you look at the minutes played, to be fair, if you look at the minutes played, they're pretty even, Mankio and, and Johnson injured. in the league. Okay, but whatever. You know, my, my point is, I can understand Mankio. Mankio should start for me, right? But I don't think he's going to drop both centre-halves. Right? I don't think he's going to drop Skirtle and Lovren. But something's got to give there. There's got to be, either you bring Sacco in instead of Lovren, right? And you say... That's a you know that's a big call. Lovren hasn't played well, so I you know it isn't the fact that he's my guy and bring a Sacco in, which I think is a is a positive step, and then you'll see what happens. Or he brings Sacco or Tori in for Skirtle. He's got to do one of those. If he starts with Skirtle, Lovren, and Johnson, and then Jared as the DM, then I then I you know then I would genuinely be frustrated, probably for the first time under Rogers in a long time, where. He just isn't learn. He, he he is not making what I think are easy decisions, and that worries me when it comes to making much much more difficult. Right, decisions. let's talk about one of those big decisions, which is further ahead. You've you've flagged it up already with Jared, and we've with the given that he's going to start. Okay, so yeah. if he does, what do we do around him? Well, I think we need to give Jared the opportunity. You know, we've talked about Balotelli, right? And every time we talk about Balotelli, we say, yeah, but we've got to see him in a two. Got to see him in a system that suits him, right? Mm-hmm. So I think Jared, to be fair, we have to say, does he play better when we play the diamond? If, which I assume we're going to play two up front. So if we do that, that's the system you've got to play. And you've got to play Jared, and you've got to say, okay, does that system, was it always a systemic thing that's exposed Jared? And actually, yeah. when we put Henderson and Jean, or Henderson and Coutinho, or Coutinho and Jean, or I don't know, whatever it is, when we put them centrally in around yeah. him, that actually he he's much better, he's much stronger. So I think he deserves that opportunity. I think he's going to start, but he's got to play in a diamond mm. or in a in a three mm. in midfield. Um, but it, if and this is crunch time for loads of our players. It's crunch time for Jarrah. It's crunch time for Balotelli. If that doesn't work, if in the diamond it doesn't work, which is the system the men in looked successful last season, then it's a big decision. And and it comes back to if he's not making the easy decisions. What do we do when he's going to make that big decision? Paul, if he's going to go with the diamond, I think a lot of people want to see it. And for the first time now, it seems as if it might be possible with, with Sturridge back mm-hmm. in the reckoning. Um, if Jared's sitting there at the base of it, which he will be, who do you put on the uh, two, uh, either side of him, and uh, slightly ahead of him? Consid- um, presuming Sterling's at the tip of it. I'd probably go with Chan and Coutinho. So you drop Henderson out at the moment because of I the think, form. So, yeah, I, th- I think he's he's playing poorly, and I think we're, we're going to need some invention in there as well. Okay, a bit more th- more than we'll need legs. I think at the moment. Right. Okay. I know. I know. Obviously, they're kind of 
the disclaimer when you're playing Jared is he has to have legs beside him. <laughs> that that's why I, w- I wouldn't play him if it was me. <laughs> I just play Alan at the base of it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'd probably put Jan and Coutinho then with Sterling ahead of Jan and Coutinho. Phil, Phil yeah. how do you, what do you reckon to that? I'd play Mascarano and Alonso. No, <laughs> 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 I like I I I'd say I'm not, I'm not contradicting myself from last week. I wouldn't play Gerard. Yeah. I, he will play Gerard and if we do then yes I agree with Dave it has to be in a diamond but I would play Jan and I would play Henderson alongside him purely because they're going to stack their midfield with the f- three grizzliest bears they can possibly find in their dressing room they'll have Jednak in there and they'll just go around and look to kick players all over the shop right? and I don't you know for me then that's why I, I, I put in my most physical midfielders mm. sometimes I think Alan can get lost in those battles against the against the, the, the lower teams who just basically go out to destroy and camp in their own half that's, that's where I think Alan struggles I think he's fine when he goes up against a midfield say like City or something where they look to pass around you he can nick in make interceptions take balls and he'll have a bit of space to play around in but when a team just sits on block in defence and looks to break all the time I think that's where he, he doesn't he doesn't have as much space to operate in when he does get on the ball to be fair he's probably still nursing his head after that clown elbowed him yesterday yeah, exactly. But you know, if you're playing Gerard, then it has to be Chan and Henderson in a diamond, um, and then it's who you pick at at the point of the diamond. I wouldn't play Henderson. Um, look, no, no, no. But in the day, you said if you play Gerard, you'd play Jan and Henderson. I'd play Jan and Coutinho with Paul. No, I know. But my 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 take on it for this game anyway is that I just think we're going to need. I think, as I said, the Wankers team are just going to look to fucking kick and kick and kick and kick and kick. And yeah. I think I think again. Coutinho and Allen might struggle in that type of game. I think they're they're ideal to bring in, a bit like QPR. We brought Coutinho in on sixty minutes and he changes the game for us. I think in that situation where they've tired themselves out a bit, he then gets space and he can break into space and create stuff around him. Especially if he has storage back, and he has the run in the Sterling again, mm. and you know you, you then have Balotelli. So I just, as I said, I'm just changing. Look, for me, that's that's what I do. But if if I had the option, I wouldn't play Gerard at all, and I'd play Coutinho Henderson. And Jan, because I think that gives you more freedom to you know to, yeah. to rotate around your midfield, and you got it. Mm-hmm. Or you can even play Alan Chan and Henderson, and not have set points in a diamond. They can all rotate around the actual three positions before you get to. And let the, it be table. noted as well that uh, <coughs> Emery Jan is a constant for all of us here. Yeah, for a starter, absolutely. absolutely. So he probably won't start. So he probably won't but he's start. the only he's the only one of our midfielders in any type of form. Yeah, and he could actually monster I mean, that midfield. Reality. Yeah, he could. I mean, uh, people are talking Coutinho up, but. Coutinho wasn't great. Like he hasn't been great the last. He's been, few but games. he's coming back into he's, form. Yeah, fairness, he looks, a little bit. He like you know, but I still think I still think you know going away to Crystal Palace is not a Coutinho game. Mm. It's not like he's never run a game like that. No, you know he hasn't. He's never. You know, but as I said, his impact. That's why I'm saying to you at 60 minutes, his impact yeah. happens when they start to tour. And then that's where he'll find space to play his balls. That <laughs> <laughs> surely there's a sound effect for that. So, so just on Gerard, if you're not play, if you weren't to play Gerard, would you play four two three one then? If I was to play him, if you weren't to play him, you mentioned Henderson and Jean in the midfield. Because my nervousness on Jean, the more I watch him, is a lot of people want to see him at the base of the diamond. I actually think he's wasted there. Well, see again, I, I like I have this thing in my head, and it talks to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> just That's another happening for Cyril you call it, isn't it? <laughs> no but like I, I think if you go with a, a Jan Henderson midfield you don't necessarily have to play three or a diamond or four two three one. I think you, I, I think you can re, you can almost replicate what Real Madrid did to us in the Champions League where you can play two slightly tucked in 
on the on the left and right hand side because your full backs can get on at that at that point. And you can play Chan and Henderson because they can both go box to box. Yeah. And then you can play Coutinho and you can play Sterling or if you need like you know, there's more options. You could play Lalana on one side, you could play Sterling the other side, and you could even if if, if Balotelli's fitness is, is anyway questionable to, oh you can play Coutinho off storage the way they did when yeah. Suarez was out in that four season. No, it's just the ha- the Emerjan is the DM thing. The more I watch him, the more I think I just I think we lose something from him if we were just asking him to sit there at the base of the diamond. It, it, Would you play it, Alan there? Yeah, I'd play Alan ahead of Jean. And dare I say, if we had to play someone as a defensive midfielder, I'd play Alan and I'd play Lucas ahead of playing Jean there. If we had to play someone at the deepest midfield. You're but like mad. you, no, but like you, I wouldn't <laughs> play that system if you, I'd play 4 3 3 and pull Balotelli or, or Sturridge out wide and have three <coughs> rotating in the midfield. Well, look. Look, we've got if we've got um, if we're if we're hoping to see Balotelli and Sturridge together, which I think we all are, Paul. Yeah. Um, are we looking at Balotelli's last chances here with Palace and Ludogorets in, in in close succession? I mean, if we lose in the Champions League, we're pretty much done. Uh, we lose in the Premier League, we're in serious trouble for fourth place. Um, you know, psychologically speaking, even though we're not actually. These are massive games. I know they all are, but these yeah. are massive games. and We really need him to, to, to kick on and show something here alongside Sturridge, don't we? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd probably give him a couple of games anyway with, with Sturridge coming yeah. back. And I think... I think it, like a lot of extreme stuff, like you know, when when it comes to Balotelli, he just seems to inspire kind of extreme stuff. So I wouldn't say this is his last chance. Sturridge's first game back, I wouldn't. If he doesn't work now, like he yeah, never yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think people kind of. I think excuses are made for him because I don't think someone with his skill set should should have been so bad up front on his own. Mm. Like he's big, mm. he's mobile, he's skillful. Sure. So yeah. I don't think he should have been that bad. But at the same time, I wouldn't say. I think he does need to get a bit of time with playing with Sturridge. Hopefully, it will kind of kick off straight away. Sturridge is going to Sturridge isn't going to be fully fit, obviously. But against Spurs, I thought they were really good together. So it's the only game they've played together. So hopefully, it will. Is everyone else on Danny Sturridge Twitter watch watching his, his updates? Going? You know, I have a worry in general that you know, not and it's not just Balotelli, but like Sterling has sort of dipped in form when playing in the system that we've been playing in. You know, if you look at his best his best game for, for well his his best parts of his performance for England on the other night was when he was at the tip of the diamond. You know where he plays in that number ten position and he can drift wide on either flank and he can come and attack players or he can. Uh, I thought he was better when he moved wide actually. And he had the freedom <coughs> to come inside, but I know he was more dangerous in that yeah, area. But yeah, where I he mean, can pick and run, he can. Difficult run, to judge him when he's yeah. playing Hodgson ball. I, like I think it. when you, when when you lose you, you sort of lose something when he's just you know when he when he's been asked to play primarily as one of the wide players in in the three behind the central striker because um, and it's coming through the whole lot are, are the three the players that are playing in the wide position of the three aren't playing like we would have say, seen at the best of times under Rafa where they go and attack the box when, when the ball breaks on the opposite mm-hmm. flank and I think that's one of the biggest fa- letdowns in that actual system and it's, we, get a, we get a lot of balls into the box and not just crosses but like but chances come away and our two wide men always seem to be too far outside the box they never seem to be in and around where say Cout would have always tucked himself in mm-hmm. and scored his goals from there I'm having Cout and Riera flashbacks <laughs> here yeah I know but, mm-hmm. and, 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 but that's how when, if you want to play that system properly mm. that's how you how those wide forwards because they are wide forwards essentially you know um, they have to go and play and just look at it like I would like to see and I would like to see the two up top but I'm, I'm, I'm sort of wondering and I wouldn't put it past Brendan as if, if, if he put Balotelli on the bench and started storage as a long forward up, up, Jesus up top well. no because he can did, you imagine yeah and, and, but going back to the very start of the season when we had Lambert there um, 
he started with storage up top on his own and storage was like and people forget this storage was incredibly muted for 70 minutes of that Southampton game he was basically not in the game because he can't he, he's not good as a, as a lone centre forward when Lambert came on and took some of the players away from him then it created space for him and I think it's something that, that you know that Brendan himself hasn't really copped that by playing one centre forward up front if your wide forwards aren't getting in and around the actual central forward it's very easy for, for a defence to mark a team out of the game and if you lose your focal point at, at the top you know you're going to struggle to score goals and that the evidence is what we've done all season we've struggled to score goals I, th- I, think, I think you're absolutely right I think that I've given him an easier ride for not playing two up front because I think the rest of our strikers are shit mm-hmm. so I think that they, you know I, there is not a competitive argument to start Ricky Lambert or Barini or whatever and mm-hmm. despite the way everyone talks him up as if just putting these guys in a different system suddenly will turn him into Sturridge it won't mm-hmm. Barini is not Sturridge Lambert is not good enough that, you know we can't we can't pretend that just by sticking him up front with Balotelli he's going to fix it so he's got to try it I think with the two up front unless Balotelli isn't quite fit because the only thing that fixes any of these problems is more goals yeah we scored the same number of goals as Crystal Palace. Yep. We scored 14, they've scored 14. The, you know, it fixes everything. Score mm-hmm. more goals, it fixes everything because it relieves the pressure elsewhere around the field. Give, obviously, it's a confidence boost. It means that the team has to come and attack you. It means you can use your pace when you're going behind. The system that we've had so far has been imperfect because we've got imperfect players to play it. The theory has to be the Sturridge transforms it. But if he plays the same system, just replacing Balotelli with Sturridge, then it isn't actually going to fix anything because we're not going to score more yep. goals. Talk, talk to me about Crystal Palace um, and and the threat the threat that they possess. Dave, I know you you're, you've you've done a little bit of homework there first. Well, the truth of the matter is, right, there is nobody that we could play right now that we wouldn't be worried about. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but of all the teams, did you find yourself looking at this team? Right, e- even this, our reserve team. Yeah, right, but that's the reality. <laughs> no one's confident. Did you find yourself looking at this squad like I did and and scan down through it and go? Basically, most of their strikers, I prefer than what we have. Even though none of them, <laughs> none of them are up to much. I take two of their players. Yeah. I take Yednak and I take Balassi. I mean, in a heartbeat, I take both yeah. of those players. I think you stick Balassi on now, a left wing in, in yeah. a 4-3-3 or something like that. He'd, I mean, he's not the most finessed player, but he, he's going to destroy Skirtle yeah. and Johnson if he plays. I mean, he's a real danger. So, so he's someone to look out for. Who else? So yeah, if Yednak's fit, I, I mean, he didn't play the last game, so he wasn't... Uh, I'm not sure how fit he's going to be, but if he plays, he's a very good player for him. And then I think Dwight he was suspended. Actually, was he suspended? I, I thought so. he was injured. I think he got, he got sent off. Oh, maybe you're right. Well, then he's back. He might be back then. And then Dwight Gale scored five goals this season, mm. which is more than mm. any of our players. So you know they've got they've got uh, good players throughout the squad. Now the problem they got is they haven't won in five games. They've only won two games all season. They've drawn one and lost four of their last Definitely five games. Definitely once in summer, 1st or 2nd September or something yeah, like that? Yeah, well, I think Warnock won his first game back okay. and then, uh, I don't think, or maybe Drew and then won, but they are, you know, they're in a bad run of form and actually I think Warnock's the joint favourite to get sacked mm. um, at the moment. So they're in a bad run of form. But the reality Sky, is... Sky Sports News need Neil Warnock on a tractor <laughs> for transfer <laughs> deadline. <laughs> but they scored the same number of goals as us. They've just conceded They've conceded five more. That's mm. it. They've you know we've both scored fourteen. We've conceded fifteen. They've conceded twenty. So like, but as I said, we could be playing. You know, I can't even think. You know, I can't even think of a bad team that w- you mm. know would illustrate how bad we are at the moment. Ireland, Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could be playing the Legends team that Liverpool just took to Thailand, and we'd still, I still would feel like there's people there that can hurt us. <laughs> Because, because you've got, but you, so which, why would we talk about the system? For me, 
you've just got to blow this team. You've got to blow them away. You've got to put as many attacking players on the field because goals fixes it. Score loads of goals. That should be score loads of goals. What why isn't Brendan thought of that? Why isn't <laughs> seriously? Why before? isn't he thinking of that? Because that's what he's got to do. Uh, Paul, your your own take on Crystal Palace, and if there's anything we should particularly do, I mean, the hot. The horrible thing I find about them is that, like, when you look at their players, they're filled with kind of, you know, kind of average players who can play well. Mm. And average players tend to play well against us and, like, score. Like, what you call him? Fraser Campbell. <laughs> okay player. You can see him kind of running around quite a lot. Like, he's, he's mobile. He's decent in the air. Like, yeah. he's, he's a decent enough finisher. You can see him kind of having one of these days where he just shows up. Oh, I'll have my kind of my first good game in 20 fucking years or whatever yeah. you can, you, since like, the last Bala- game against us yeah <laughs> that uh, Dave mentioned uh, Dwight Gale we mentioned him I think the only thing he did yesterday or last season was score against Liverpool in both yeah. games yeah, yeah. Uh, you can see, like I think they, they tend to bring him on late on as well. Oh God, they, he's definitely going to. He's, so, he's so small; it's like Skirtle doesn't notice him. It's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> but, but me, and, and that goes back to the original point, right? You know, looking at their threats, you, you know they've got Zaha as well, right? So and he plays well for Crystal Palace, but like you look at it and you say, where does the threats come from? From wide areas and with pace against mm. the defense. And what does every one of that back fucking, fucking do, right? Like, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. The biggest danger man for Crystal Palace and Martin Skirtle and Glenn Johnson. That's, that's the reality, right? That they're, they're, they're made. Yeah, they're made for this to just yeah. run past yeah. them. They're made to, for them to just run up, stop, and then to not even do a trick and just run past them. Mm. And, and, like, yeah. and, and us to just go, what's going on? That's without the return of Simon Minnelli, who went missing the last two games, and we've actually seemed to have a pretty competent goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he's bound to come back sooner or later. You know, we're talking about, you know, we shouldn't, <laughs> we shouldn't be talking about their threats. We should be talking about how we're going to exploit their weaknesses in, in terms of their centre-backs and all that type of stuff. And, like, we're going to, Martin Kelly is going to be looking to have the game of his life because he's, he's up against his former club. And you know, we should be looking to exploit the likes... Martin Kelly's going to score, any. No, but yeah. All I'm saying is, we should be looking to exploit Scott Dan. Of course Exploit, of course who, you know, the, 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 their two centre-backs in terms of what we can go do. And you'd imagine with Storage Fit, there's a bit of pace there. With Balotelli, we have a bit of physicality when, you know, when, when Storage is alongside him. But unfortunately, we're so low in confidence. Even as a, as, as a fan base, we're so low in confidence. We're, we're worried about what average players could potentially do to this side and they play they play Shamak behind Campbell so if they're launching balls like long balls up in the air and if we play Skirtle and Lovren you've got Skirtle kind of going oh shit oh shit go 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 back towards me I'm going you've got Lovren going I, 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 don't worry about it I'll get that ball while I'm running underneath it and all yeah. that. so like the, there's kind of two big huge galoots like playing <laughs> staggered like there's Kashimak and then like you know about 15 yeah. yards ahead of him it's almost Ka- Campbell so like there's two people we can lose you out know, in headers you'd against. actually be if, if I was Roger I'd be saying Dejan you do not ever come out of that back line to win a header from a long ball and Skirtle you go and you win every header that comes out for a long ball you, gl- you get glued to Chmack and you go to Campbell because if you're looking at the two skill sets that's the way but you know it'll be the other way around but yeah. look the reality is if Skirtle and Lover are playing, then you know we're going to be really annoyed. But you know we've been quite down here, but we should talk about Daniel Sturridge because the reality is Daniel Sturridge, I've said, you know, transforms this side. Mm. He is a world class player, and the reality is putting a world class player can be the difference between things not clicking, which they haven't this season, and things suddenly clicking. So the right selection, and look, we don't, we'll all have slightly different views of what the right selection mm. is, but certainly 
some different selections to what we've seen so far. <laughs> and Daniel Sturridge up front, I'm telling you. Well, a world-class player, world player to score his goals, which is yeah, what the... Which, which is what, what we're which, missing. Yeah, we're not yeah, scoring yeah. goals. And Daniel Sturridge guarantees you goals. <clears> and Stur- Sturridge, Sterling, Balotelli against Spurs, right? Mm. Was a potent attack yeah, because exactly. there, there's movement everywhere they can one the, Sterling can go either and way and cleverness yeah you know. Sturridge was able to read Balotelli's flicks and things around the mm. corner it, it, it occupies centre backs like if they're able to deal with the decent centre backs that Spurs have mm. right then you know they're more than capable of it's, taking it's the occupying centre backs that's yeah. the bit we don't give opposition defences anything to worry about yeah. because we know what Balotelli's going to do I mean, Balotelli must be a dream to play against when he plays on his own because he always wants to go deep. Yeah. So as a cent- as a centre back, you're going great. He's going to be behind me. He's drop off and he then I let no him. No problem. And then, just let him go and get the ball. And then I let him come towards me. Yeah. Because you know? he can't do anything and he's going to shoot from and then, fifty yards. <laughs> but, but then going back to our strengths, if you play the two Spanish fullbacks, and we're talking about the pace of theirs, right? Look, I've no fear about Mankeo hang, hang, handling Balassi on 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 the right on their left hand side, their right hand side. I've no problem with Moreno because he's an excellent covering fullback. Like if you're going to just put Zaha up against him to try to take him on down the thing, Moreno will have that all day long. He's full of pace. He's well able to get up and down. Knows when to nick a tackle. Knows when to you know to, to cover the, the centre backs and the whole lot. So we've got a lot of strengths. And if you put our two really powerful midfielders in there, and Henderson and Jan, we've got more to match up with the the, the Crystal. We've got, we've got a better centre midfield. You know, it's it's just about yeah. not doing stupid, stupid defensive things. There you and, go. And and that's it. Yep, in a nutshell ok well look we've pretty much talked around the team there and what we want to see so let's get predictions Paul how do you think this one's going to go <laughs> mm, I'll go 2-1 to us 2-1 Liverpool what do you think Dave look this is hope rather than expectation in a way but something has to have clicked with Rodgers over the last two weeks that the only way this turns around is by scoring goals and we've got to put loads of players on the field that help us score goals if we do that we'll win well it's worth remembering we were 3-0 up last year with mm. you know 20 minutes to go I mean you know and, and the vast majority of that side still exists so I think we'll win 3-1 3-1 so slightly more definitive than, than Paul's I see a win as well but I think it's going to hinge on, on, on what Dave's talking about which is lessons learned Phil Honestly I think the fact that we probably look like a, an, uh, an easy kill at this moment in time for a lower team probably suits us because yeah. it'll be the first time in a while that we'll go to somewhere where we won't be backed off the board as outright favourites. Palace will probably think that, you know what, we can probably get a point here or we can we can nick something here and that might actually just give us a bit more space than we'd normally get in this type of game. So that's why I reckon Palace 4-0. Thank God for that. Look, if we get out tactic by Colin Wanker, this pod is going to be blue fucking murder next week. <laughs> so nothing new then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fucking Neil Warnock. <laughs> Good lord. I am Lou Schwari. You are listening to Trippers Chat. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's do some fucking Trippers Chats. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's have a bit of a chat then and talk about uh, the loan situation which has come up um, from a few people. Um, I suppose it's it's... It's, there are three or four questions, so we'll try and combine the whole thing. Yeah. In January, would you look to recall some of the loans? We're looking at the likes of Jordan Ibe, Origi, uh, Aspas, uh, Alberto. Asaidi. Uh, Asaidi. Lori. Um, Tiago Lori. Is there anyone you'd look to bring Did I, back? I'd look to bring back, yeah. Go on. I'd, I'd, I'd look to bring back Ibe. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd um, send Markovic out on loan. 
and I'd look to bring Oi back into the squad. Of course, wisdom and Quates as well. Go, no, I think I think wisdom is better off where he is. Quates mm. um, has been out injured, so he mm. hasn't played much football at all for Sunderland. So you look at Jordan Oi and and yeah. probably a lorry. And a lorry, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So and Paul, any any? Maybe a lorry's a good show because um, I bring. Beyond Torg Army back that <laughs> shot the defence the way it's gone this season. But a yeah, like large it, it, traffic it, cone. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'd give him a go. I I'd uh, I think yeah, Dave Dave disagreed here with me when I floated this earlier. But I think Luis Alberto would have a decent shot of getting into our midfield the way it's played this season. Do you reckon? No. Because I, I liked I liked him whenever I saw him last season, mm. and I thought it was a bit. Um, I think he got pissed and went out driving his car or something. <laughs> no, he did last season. He was caught drunk driving or something. So like, um I think maybe that kind of had a bearing on Rogers not kind of picking him. Or maybe maybe he didn't train well. I don't know. But I always thought when he came on, he looked well. The training well one is always a funny one to me because <clears throat> I've known loads of players down through the years who are just shy trainers, right? And you often hear stories like the likes of Hammond was meant to be an absolutely rubbish trainer when he was at the club. Mm. And I know they put so much emphasis on sports science and all, but there has to be sometimes that you say, you know, just because a lad just can't be arsed in training doesn't mean he can't be arsed when he goes out onto a football pitch. And there is there is a fair amount who struggle to you know to get up to match pace when they're in training and stuff like that. You know, I'm always I'm always nervous about people who who say, well, you know, it all comes down to training. Well, you wouldn't be surprised here if <coughs> someone like Carlos Tevez was a shit trainer. He's probably brilliant, but you wouldn't be surprised. And then he just puts it all in on the day. Well, but Gary I, Neville I think said there's, there's players who. I think if you're a guaranteed start that being shit in training probably doesn't matter so much. But if you're a young player trying to break into the side, mm. that's that's the only opportunity you're going to get is to show how good you are in training because you're not going to get the, the minutes in the first team. Mm. So I agree. I mean, I think if you're Carlos Tevez, like, people know what you can do. So mm. no one's going to give a shit, really, what you are like in, in training as long as you're doing it at the weekend. But if you're Luis Alberto, then, and you know, and you're not putting it in, in training, then you're not going to get the time, and you're going to end up going to Malaga. And who do you, who, who do you like to see coming back then, or Israel? Yeah, he scored a free kick, man. <laughs> he, hit the, he hit the bar with another free kick, man. <laughs> but I got to be honest, he kicked it really hard. <laughs> Origi aside, but even then, I think you know. I wouldn't want. I, I, no, no, no. I, sorry, I, I was going to say. I mean, even then, it's a bit of a clamor to bring Origi in, and I. But I just think, if that's our answer, then we've got so many things wrong. Do you know what I mean? If that's mm. the answer, then mm. then everything else has kind of fallen through. I think, like you know, yeah. I genuinely don't think there's anyone we've got out on loan who comes in and starts for us. Like I genuinely don't. It's I a don't. terrible way to stitch up a kid, anyways. You know, t- the idea of throwing extra money at an already done yeah. deal and then come in and save. But us. I also think, Fuck what's sake. the worst that's going to happen this season? The worst that's going to happen, right? Is we get we finish seven. Well, we're not going to get relegated. <laughs> the worst that happens is we finish seventh or eighth, right? There's nothing that says Origi stops that from happening. So what? You're going to cut off six months of his development of him playing every week so he can sit on the bench, you know, while we potentially struggle to an eighth place finish. Same as Jordan Ibe. I wouldn't bring Jordan Ibe back. First of all, I don't think he plays in what is our best system. I don't think he gets in that side. So we're going to end up playing, you know, 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3, which I don't think he's good enough. And again, I think he needs to play every week. I think he's learning loads. I think he's actually, if you look at the reports coming out of... uh, at a derby, what he's doing well is, you know, he's doing some things really well, but his decision making, things we'd heard about him before, still isn't great. And he, you know, there's some rumours that he's not working hard enough. I think Elori is the most interesting shout, but like Rogers is not. If Rogers isn't going to drop Skirtle to play Tory, he's not going to drop Skirtle Tory and Lovren to play Elori. Like he's not mm. going to do that. So. I know, but I suppose the question is, in our opinion. Yeah, but even then, I don't think like, I, I, I think we've got I think we've got better centre halves than Elori to play. I, I just think I just think that from. You know, from what the players offer at this moment in time, I think Ayub offers that squad something 
I, I don't see it. I do. I do. I and, 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 and he's offered it when he's come on the pitch to for us before. He has that little. He has that spark of genius about him. Only in pre-season. No, nah, he, he, he did it when he played as well. But I, 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 then you know, I just because we're just carrying so many passengers in the mm. squad. That, you know, I just don't. I don't. I don't see the point. No, we're just talking about who. We bring, this is who we bring back off loan. Like that's that's who he he's the main standout for me in terms of what he would add something to the, to the squad. No shades for wisdom here, either. No, 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 I don't think so. I think I don't, Flan- I don't think he's any better than Flanagan. And to be honest, like I think Flanagan's more versatile because Win- Wisdom apparently can play centre back, but he's basically never done it at senior level. Mm. So he he can basically only offer us. Playing right back, more, more and I think Flan- right Flanagan back. would probably do it better. I mean, I think the, I, I can see the well. Ibe shout. I get the Ibe shout. I get the the wisdom shout. But actually, and this is, I know this isn't the question, but I actually th- I'd rather see some of the younger players get promoted mm-hmm. over Jordan Ibe. Yeah, like I'd love no, to see. But I'd also down and Williams get more game time. But they they, right? they play in different positions. No, 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 no I understand. And, that. and this like I agree with you on the roster and Williams yeah. shout. Like I, I would, you know, I, you know, I. <laughs> I'm ruthless. I'd good half the squad in January. Yeah, you've got a list of about seven players yeah. to survive your time. I'd be standing there at Christmas with Brendan Rodgers going, envelopes, lads, there's not fucking three this year, there's fucking nine, and they've all got P45s. Morning, the, the list is on the wall. I'll see you all in my office in five minutes. You know Happy what, Christmas. Do you know what we don't have, though, out on loan or in the youth team is goal scorers? And that's that's what we're missing. We haven't got, like, a goal scorer. Sinclair, I think, is only 17. You know, he's... He got a game two seasons ago, but he's nowhere near the first team. And Yezel's been crippled. Yezel's injuries. been crippled. Like if, 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 if all of them, he was the one that when we signed him that we yeah. would have exposed, you know, two crucial ligaments. You don't know if, if he's ever like going to I hope he does, but you Canos know. was like 17, Shira he's a few years away. So even Roster is Even Roster is only, only a kid. Years, you know? Jordan Williams, though, he means a fucking, he looks bigger than Henderson. Like if you look at units, you could imagine the unit of Williams Henderson and Chan yeah, on the pitch. Fucking hell. Yeah. Monsters. Okay, well let's move it along then. I know Dave, you you did bring up uh, Danny Sturridge in the in the preview, but I think it was possibly a little bit in a downbeat context. So we should look at the at the the, the upside of this and the, the the positivity of Danny Sturridge coming back and what you know, um we have been waiting for it a long time, yeah. Phil. Yeah, yeah, and listen, you know, let's not Put a fine point on this thing because you know our, our our team works with Danny Sturridge, and the more the more it looks like that we weren't able to sign a replacement for Luis Suarez, the more Danny Sturridge was the replacement for Luis Suarez. Now it, we've we've discussed the whole thing about whether we should have signed an alternate replacement. We're talking about Origi; he looks like a young Danny Sturridge. If you look at Origi playing, and you know, does that excitement again? He can do magical things on the ball. We've seen him last year. He's not just a scorer of tap-ins. He's a scorer of great goals as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, he doesn't he doesn't bounce around the pitch like Suarez did when he was there. But what he does is he just rings a threat. He puts the fear back into into our front line, which has been so sorely missing. You know, and we haven't had teams just don't fear our front line. They don't just ju- just don't fear us. And with Sturridge back in the team, I can guarantee you if if Crystal Palace sees Sturridge's name on that team sheet next week, they will all do little pills before they went onto the pitch. They'll all do a Gary Lineker. <laughs> they will be uncomfortable moments. The toilets will be yeah. chock a block. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the thing about Sturridge, right? There's everyone's talking about oh, we shouldn't put too much pressure on him. He's fucking loving it. He mm. wants to be the guy That's it. that comes back uh, and rescues. That's what us. I was saying to you earlier yeah. on. Every day he's saying he body's feeling great, you know. Oh, he was delighted Suarez He's got a, he, when he scores, he's gonna raise a t shirt that says yeah. Louis Who? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. He so wants to be the main man of this this side. And I I'm telling you now. 
the more pressure we the, the, it's almost like I bet in his head he kind of wished we were in the relegation zone to come back <laughs> so he'd, he'd fire us up the table yeah. when he comes back because he's going to be it's that moment right it's Custer's facing his last stand <laughs> All right. and it's, the dawn is broke and all of a sudden the cavalry appear in the horizon yeah and it's like they just start but that didn't us. end well didn't it <laughs> didn't end well <laughs> Let's be fe- let's well, be clear. Well, they were Sturridge will be dead. <laughs> let's be clear. Oh, in, no, that an- in that analogy, Sturridge isn't fighting for custom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's be no, honest here, no. though, right? No, but but long term, they did win. They might have lost that battle, but they did win the war. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Custom was really pleased with that as he was like killed. Went, ah. I'm sure they'll win the war though. You know, I'd be honest. Right. The clue was in the last stand part of the Custom's yeah. last stand. Yeah. Well, if Sturridge had been fit, it wouldn't have been his last stand. I think well, hang on a Phil second. Right? I, <laughs> so anyway, right? Aragorn is there to help Steve with Legolas. There we go. There we go. There we go. But uh, to be fair, he is. I think he's going to really enjoy coming back, being the main man. I think he gives the whole team a lift. Mm. I said it on the, the, the preview. He is a world-class player. And mm. on current form, he's the only one we've got. Yeah. Right? He mm. is a world-class player. And he is, and I keep saying it, statistically the best striker who's ever played for Liverpool. And you're not a stats man. And I am <laughs> not a stats man. I am an ass man. <laughs> I mean, you, know, you know when they were talking about a player coming back or whatever, I think the phrase adds a new dimension to the team, gets overused. But, like, but he, he does he add a new dimension does, to like, the team. Like, he, like if you look at the game, like you know against... Spur- what? How many dimensions is that? It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, like, you know, against Spurs, like it wasn't just... Like he didn't, I don't, he didn't score against Spurs. Did he? No, he didn't. It, it was just like it was, but it was his movement and his play out. Like when he dropped from the center out wide, and he had like a, there was other players in support of him. That's what destroyed Spurs. I think I think we got two of the goals from it. Yeah, we. Yeah, I think it was that that set up the first goal, and then he yeah. won the penalty basically. Yeah. Like when he put put Allen through, so it's a, it's a, it it does offer a whole new dimension to our team. It's it's movement that the the centre backs have to think about. It's like it, and and as well, obviously, he will score a lot of goals as long as he's fit. So yeah, he gives the centre back something to worry about, which they have nothing to worry about right now because Sterling's picking the ball <coughs> up deep. And, and actually, it's interesting to watch us back. You look at Sterling, you look at uh, Coutinho, even Lalana. They get the ball, they lock up, and they're just going. There's nothing, so I'll yeah, keep the yeah, ball. Yeah. So they're all keeping the ball yeah. too long. They're all getting dispossessed. <clears throat> now they've got options because Sturridge either come deep for it, and he never. I mean, this is one of the things that is really underrated about Sturridge is he never loses the ball. Mm. He picks the ball up. He can pick it up deep. He takes two, three touches. He beats a man, and he lays it off. And and to go back to the the Southampton game where we talked about how, what the the impact that Lambert made just by actually being a body up there. Now you have Balotelli, who's a, be- a be- better functioning body up there, and well, yeah. can actually hold the ball up. Better. Well, you'd hope so. Yeah. And what this does is the Balotelli. Again, it all comes down to where the lessons have been learned. But someone should be saying to Balotelli, "Don't fucking move from the width of the posts. You were always in that zone. That's mm. always your area. You don't need to move because Sturridge is going to move. Sturridge is going to go wide I, and pull players. I, I think, I think I, Balotelli can do the job for Sturridge that people think Barini can do for Balotelli. Like yes, yes. Now occupy the centre. Yes. But I, th- I, I think properly use the ball. From us. Mm. I, I want to change yeah. with the prediction. We're going to be Crystal Palace four-one. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that uh, the other thing is, you know, Sturridge will make a Bal- will make Balotelli, Coutinho, and Sterling better. Yeah, mm. you know. Same as Su- yeah, everyone used to say, Suarez made everyone better. Sturridge makes people better around mm-hmm. him as well. So look, he's phenomenal, and uh, 
I just hope he's fit for I the need rest a hero. He is a hero. <laughs> <laughs> to go to the other extreme with the January coming up, one of the questions that we were asked was who would you like to see? Go and I have a bus the, ready. The que- I know you do. <laughs> and the question was basically it, it, it was to focus on on the, the the lot who were just in, which seems you know a little bit impatient. But let's be impatient. Of the crowd that have recently arrived, is there anyone that you would put on that bus out in January? Of of, of the summer signs we made, yes. I think if we got an offer for Ricky Lambert, we should take him. Yeah, right, I, I genuinely like, he doesn't bring anything more than Barini's going to give us. Yeah, right. Um, would you take uh, an offer for Barini? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and you know, and I'd look to then. I'd still look to bring in another striker in, in January to yep. uh, to augment uh, storage, no, Balotelli and somebody. Now, I, I, my thoughts on Origi is that if we bring him in and storage gets injured, and he's, a, he's an eighteen year old kid, and all the pressure comes on him to be storage mm-hmm. and score the amount of goals that storage is going to score, we saw how that can happen with the likes of Ngo who was undoubtedly talented, but crumbled under the weight of trying to be the next Torres when Torres was injured all the times, right? So, no, um, but I would, like, th- th- there's options there and I think we, we could be clever in the loan market in January. The likes, yeah, we, can, we can also augment the squad like, and, and bring in players who would go into a first team. You know, there's talk about Shaqiri being available. I think if you go to Bayern, they don't really want to sell him. You just go to Bayern and say, look, let us take him on a six-month loan. Maybe with an option to buy it gives him get he'll want to come because it gives him game time. Mm-hmm. He, he can't play in the Champions League because he's he, he's cup tied, and that that augments the squad, you know, and, and it gives us a better better option than what we have at this moment in time in, in those four positions. Markovic had sent out on loan, and that's not be like I, I know I've, I've I've I don't rate him from what I've seen. There might be something inventive to I do there with Benfica. I, yeah, there could be. You know, there, there could be because there's talk about us being interested in Maxi Pereira, the right back, right? Mm. Um, but I, I, I genuinely would not mind. But I wouldn't. I would, if if we're going to keep if Markovic is long term, right, and the club see him as long term and have faith in him long term, I think he needs to go into a Premier League side and play. Very similar to I don't know, send him to a Crystal Palace somewhere where he's going to play nearly every single game where he's going to get gained home, where he can make his mistakes and learn to get the grips with the physicality of the league. Mm. And that gives him his best chance to come back next summer and make an impact on the squad. And I think that's been fair in the kid as well because I think, unfortunately for him, he's a £20 million signing and that's why I don't think that loan would happen. And Johnson, we should sell him immediately. As soon as the window's open, he should be sold. Right, He should be sold on December the 24th. Okay. Well, it, it, and the reason why we should do that, it, his contract is up. We obviously don't want to give him another contract, right? Um, or we're not going to give him the contract he wants. And if we can get 500000 for him, or a million or something like that mad from Rome or something in, in January take it take it now and like the, the talks of us bringing in a, a backup right fall or Maxi Pereira or something that, that's experienced and still has a bit something about his game you go and you get him in if we if, if I had to say one of the summer signings he I said a couple of weeks ago on the pod if we get to January and Balotelli and Lovren both haven't worked then that's they're both in trouble, hmm. right? And so far, neither of them have. So I suppose by that, you'd have to say Lovren's in, in trouble as well. But it, I like Lovren more. So, you know, I'm being hmm. a hypocrite. But I think if the window opened tomorrow and I, and I would sell Balotelli, oh, so and you, I'd replace him. Paul, anyone for you just before we move on to the next one? I'd go for Lovren. I, I, I just kind of fall the other way hmm. with what Dave was just saying there. I just, with how ridiculously poor he's been and how much he cost, 
um, I just and and with no kind of visible, no kind of there's no sign that he's going to get better or anything. Like if we could just cut our losses, I I would do it. It would provide there was somebody coming in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on a kind of tangentially related thing, there's one in from Noel Cahill there that I wanted to ask you as well. Uh, and we've, I think it's come in a similar question. It's, it's, yeah, it's come in as well around it. So. Uh, as, as, as well, same as Noel's. Okay, and this one's basically asking if you had a choice between giving Gerard a new contract or signing Johan Kabay in January. Which would you go for? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Kabay. Really? Yeah. Holy shit, man. That's a big call, no? Well, Jared's like at the end of his career, basically. Mm. He's, he's been fairly awful this season. So no sentiment for you straight in. Get, yeah, move on. basically, yeah. Okay. Dave? Well, I'd, I'd give Jared another contract. And, and for, only because I don't think Kabay really improves us that much over what we have. Mm-hmm. If it was... Give Jared another contract or sign Pogba, then you sign Pogba. If it's give Jared another contract or sign, you know, Kadira, sign Kadira. But I just don't think Kabai. I mean, we were just having a chat offline. I, I, I've seen him play loads of times, but I don't know where he plays. Is he a number ten? Does he play deeper? Is he? I, I don't know what he does. He looks no, like he, isn't he just the French Joe Allen? Like I just, I, I, I literally don't know what he does that he would bring to our team. Last word, Nafil. I would sign Kabaye. I can understand why people would want to give Gerard a, another contract because mm. they want to see him see his career out at the club. Yeah. Um, but I think you'd need to take massively reduced wages. And I've said before on this pod, I think it will. If Stephen Gerard has any plans to coach and manage in the future, I think it will benefit him to go to a different league and work for, in a different club in a different set of circumstances. Just to understand that you know he's been around Liverpool under pressure around Liverpool his whole career. It'd be good for him to experience something different. Mm. Long time. I, I just. But I, I just don't really. I, I and, it, and it is sentimental, but. I'm just not ready for, for this season That's, to be Gerard's last. And listen, it's a perfectly plausible argument uh, around it, but I just think Kaboy offers us so much more at this moment in time. Well, you are the one who's got a bus of players right <laughs> so what does he get? Really well, so, the link to Kaboy is interesting. Mm. I, think it's, you know, I think it's pretty strong. I think it's, uh, I, I think it's sending a message to Gerard mm. that actually, you know, to answer Noah's question, I think the club are saying to him, "We can do either of these things." You yeah. know, Dave, if you could, uh, <clears throat> if you could um, just keep the tone serious, if you could uh, bring a, a, pl- a player, mm. a footballer, into the celebrity jungle, who would it be? <laughs> who would it be? A footballer into the celebrity mm. jungle. Apparently, that shows on. Are they going to survive it? This is crucial. This is a very important. And I don't. No, I'm not. I was going to give Paul's answer. But I'm not going to give Paul's answer. I know Paul's answer. <laughs> I'm not, not going to give Paul's answer this week either. <laughs> 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 uh, well, Rio Ferdinand then. <laughs> so I thought that was going to be Paul's answer, but he, <clears throat> I think Rio Ferdinand is one of those people that we need to hear him talk more to expose what an absolute bell end he is. Like film him twenty four hours a day because he's kind of gotten away. And he will be happy with being filmed twenty four. But he's gotten away with it. He's Mm. gotten away with being a fucking moron for his entire career because the little bit of snippets he says so stage managed that he's getting away with it. So I'd say film him more. So yeah, Rio Ferdinand. Mm. But but again. I'd really want to check will he survive that's it is kind of on, along the lines of as punishment like to do I all think, yeah, 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 to yeah. unleash what rats and, and grow savage Oh, Robbie Savage, Savage would be oh. decent. Yeah, yeah, but oh, yeah, I'd probably put Ashley Cole in that bracket. Would you I really detest him? Yeah. Do you? I like yeah, Ashley oh, Cole. Oh, no, 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 no. Like he, I know he's a snide bastard as well, but it's not really even the kind of enjoyable snide. It's just you know. Any decision, like if he caught the ball and the ref gave him handball against, yeah, what, what the fuck you 
<laughs> shut up and shut up and eat your witch eat you know, it sounds like Mickey Mouse <laughs> <laughs> it's John Terry for me definitely all day Phil I was yeah. thinking the same name yeah. myself yeah, John Terry so. Glenn Johnson <laughs> <laughs> you just slip that in there nicely <laughs> anywhere the bus is going anywhere I haven't actually told the bus driver where to go I just said keep driving <laughs> yeah 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 uh, alright last one then is from David Holden David's wondering what player that's going to be on next season's LFC calendar won't be there when it gets to <laughs> their month. Yeah. Of course, it depends on the order of, what, of where they where yeah, fit. It does, it does. January actually. exits or summer exits. <laughs> yeah, or for, yeah. October exits. Any, any, anyone looking, looking, putting their hand up to be gone quick? I, I, I think it might be our man we mentioned earlier on. I think Markovic might be gone by next Christmas. I think Balotelli is a good shout to be gone. If he's in, in one of the summer months, I think he might make it Balotelli, through the summer. Balotelli, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Balotelli... Makes it to second season with Liverpool. You really don't know. No, I. Don't, I mean, I think. I think January might be too early, but he is not a Rodgers player, and it's going to go one or two ways, right? Oh, oh, hang well, on. You know who it's going to be, don't you? You know who it could be. Who? Brendan. Brendan. Mm. Nah, he's not going anywhere. Really? Nah. Okay. I think yeah. yeah. I think it might be. No, I controversial. Think so. I think it might be. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, Steve, I think there's a Stevie. chance, but I don't think it happens. You know? Stevie? What, what month does Colin Pass go? <laughs> <laughs> Collie's going nowhere, man. <laughs> oh, sorry, going Collie's back to Bal- game is... Going back to Balotelli, the, the, the season's going to go one of two ways, right? Yeah. It's either going to go really well from now on, which is going to strengthen Rodgers' so position moves. and he moves him on, yeah. or it's going to go terrible from now on and Rodgers is going to get rid of him because he's going to be the scapegoat. Mignolet. Mignolet, yes. Now, Mignolet is January because it's the first month of the year. Then maybe not. I don't, does that mean Brad goes another couple of seasons as number two? They're happy out. Well, but he won't be on the calendar. You've only got twelve. He months won't be on the calendar. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. You've got to pick. <laughs> you're picking out twelve. Well, they always have the goalkeeper on the calendar. Do they? Yeah, they? yeah, yeah. I remember having David James on the calendar, yeah. and Brad Friedel got signed, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he didn't Minnie make it. Minnie should go in the jungle because of his song. Yeah, yeah, there that would go. be handy. There we yeah. go. They missed the trick there. <laughs> it could be the team just celebrity missed the trick not bringing Simon Minnelay to the jungle well they missed the trick because then he wouldn't be playing for Liverpool well, yeah. you know? I was about to say I think he's a bit tied up I think he'd win it actually a football celebrity jungle would be great mm. not filmed just actually Jurassic football celebrity jungle where there's dinosaurs and the most hated footballers just thrown in Tell them there's cameras. And big electric fences. Big electric fences. Mm. They right. don't work. Don't oh, work. Oh man, the thought the thoughts of a raptor kind of cle- creeping up and uh, <laughs> the area up and Clever girl. Do you want a cap with the number five on it? <laughs> do ones that, and, and then you'd have loads of that were completely oblivious. You know when the water's shaking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Robbie Savage yeah. going, no, Jesus. Charlie Adam will be the fellow with the bowl of crunching up cornflakes when the raptors are walking around the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Over. <laughs> we'll finish with some admin if you play football and you want to do so here at Astro Park uh, you can get on and book your pitch time at astropark.ie get our website uh, on your browser as well lfcdaytrippers.com um, plenty of nice articles there um, some new ones coming in on a weekly basis uh, special thanks to Mark Kenny for joining us earlier on for that chat it was very very enjoyable indeed your day trippers tonight were Paul Brennan Dave Thomas Phil Casey and myself, Trev Daddy. Uh, when you actually <laughs> <laughs>
I saw Sharknado, that's it for me. No, man, Sharknado 2. You have to see Sharknado 2. That's the one I saw. Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. The shark jumps up like tens of thousands of feet into the sky and grabs and a, a, a bone seven four seven, <laughs> right? And the best bit is you're watching it, right? No, seriously, you have to you have to see the trailer because you're watching it, and like you just see it's just them on the plane, right? There's just nothing going on, right? And it's like you hit a bit of turbulence and you see, it's okay. It's okay, and they say, don't you worry, it's just a bit of turbulence. That's okay, we're just at a honeymoon here. And my wife here, she's a bit scared, a bit moan. It's okay, it's okay. But this fella kind of got... And man looks out the window. <laughs> 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 a shark! <laughs> but he kind of goes like this out the window, like this big exaggerated... <laughs> and there's a shark jumping up, it's fucking deadly. <laughs> <laughs> shark grabbed the wig and just... <laughs> <laughs> I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.